Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome. I'm going to keep saying welcome even though we said welcome already in the intro because this is the thing that I do now to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. My name is Josh. It's our thing now. It's our thing. We welcome you. Have we got a show for you? We're going to do our losers of the week. We're going to talk uh, Vancouver Canucks and what the heck's been happening there. We're going to talk the Super League, the European Super League, which I have some thoughts about. Uh, we're going to talk the Raptors and what they're doing right now. Uh, Mr. Steph Curry went off last night. And then we're going to finish it off with our fantasy pickups of the week nice. because it is playoff time, Neil. And uh, some people, not your whole league, but some people in your league are going to need some pickups. Playoffs? Get through, get through <laughs> the playoffs. Are we talking playoffs? Talking playoffs? All right. Should we get into it with our losers of the week? <laughs> Loser. Do you want to All start right. us off, Neil? All right, I'll start us off here. My loser of the week, and should be your loser of the week, is I don't know if you got a chance to see it over the weekend, but there was a fight, quote unquote. Was there a, a fight? fight? There was an entertainment. There was something segment being put on between YouTube star Jake Paul and Ben Askren, formerly of the MMA Ben Askren, and now. This they, they did a wonderful job at promoting this fight, um, having you know like really honing in on Ben Askren, the fact that he's an MMA fighter, the fact that he can actually take a punch, he can actually fight. This this was a boxing match, and let's be honest here, Ben Askren is so far removed from his days in the MMA. Before I get into that, Ben Askren got knocked out. He got yeah, knocked out. It was... He got up. He was kind of kind of hobbling around. He wasn't by any means out of the fight, but the referee stopped the fight early and declared Jake Paul the winner. And now that's that's three wins in a row for Jake Paul. You know, after that, like you saw a lot of people on Twitter, online, on social media, go online and start demanding a fight with Jake Paul, saying that they could fuck him up, <laughs> which they probably could. I was one of those people. <laughs> There's a lot of speculation that, you know, Ben Askren took a dive here. He, he like, kind of, he, you know, did it for the money. He didn't really put anything into it, and I'll agree with that. You know, Ben Askren himself, before the fight, said that he didn't really take a lot of time looking at what was happening, looking at what was being said on social media. He said he met up with some, some of his high school buddies, he was playing disc golf. He was, you know, grilling out, having a good time, that's, having a that's few drinks. the best kind of MMA prep is disc golf. Didn't you know that, Neil? Come on. Yeah, he said his number one reason for taking this fight was the money, and I'm sure he got paid for it. Oh, 100%. You saw a big, big-ass grin on his face. Big-ass grin? Like a big-ass fucking was, grin on making, his face. Yeah, was, yeah okay. Um, he had a grin on his face, and I think he's a loser because... In many ways, yeah, he got paid for the fight, but he got completely destroyed by a, a YouTube star, which I think is any any sort of reason to be declared a loser. He's my loser of the week. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
on the flip side of this, my loser of the week is Jake Paul. <laughs> it's still Jake Paul. I don't know, you know, how many people he has to knock out, how many retired people, how many Walmart cashiers he has to knock out before, you know, we have to start calling him some sort of non-loser. Is but Nate Robinson a cashier? I guess he he's could not, be. but yeah. is he a fighter? No. Probably is now. He might be a cashier. What else is he going to do with his life? But uh, no, Jake Paul is still a loser. If you're listening to this, Jake Paul, you're still a loser. You suck. You're still a loser. I've been following, you know, the the Paul family, unfortunately, um, unprompted since their Vine days. Back when, um, you know. Remember they, Vine? I was, I had some viral Vines. Six second I videos. Did. I did. I, I might even, you know, throw one up on their Instagram page so people people know what I did on Vine. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what what the heck's been going on with the Vancouver Canucks, Neil? The Vancouver Canucks, it kind of sucks to, to see this come from a North Division team. Um, yeah. Can I just say, before before we start that, I... I when I was listening, when I was editing our podcast from last week or mm-hmm. two weeks ago or whenever we started bashing the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. I started realizing how <laughs> how mean I sounded um, talking about because like these like they, they were seriously ill, like and as much as you know we hate on the Vancouver Canucks, they like we we just <laughs> we did not care. We just went in for it. And, uh, you know, I, I now that I'm seeing, like, how it's affecting yeah. their lives and, you know, I do feel bad. I do feel a little bad. And I, I, I wish them all a speedy recovery and, you know, I hope their families are okay. I mean, well, to that, the, the entire team has been off the ice for over two weeks and they haven't even had a chance to practice. And former Canuck, Ryan Kessler, even came out and said that, quote unquote, it's completely wrong what the NHL had them do. I had COVID three to four weeks ago, and now I'm still feeling it um, three to four weeks later, end quote. So for the Canucks to be going through something like this, whether they've had uh, the virus, whether whether it's taken an effect on their, on their body, their physical nature, um, they were still in a position here like saying, hey, if you're healthy, you're going to practice, you're going to play. And... I don't think that's that's right. You know, JT Miller on that team even came out and said that he didn't feel ready to go back and play. And he didn't even have COVID. Yeah. You know, like he he was just kind of... He had to quarantine, though. He had to quarantine. But, like, mentally, he wasn't ready. And, like, for what this team had to go through, um, to come back, have one practice with mostly AHL players... Um, to, you know, they, they got badly outplayed by the Maple Leafs and still came out with a victory. Braden yeah. Holtby, who hasn't played in what seems like six months, came out and, you know, faced 39 shots or whatever it was and, you know, pulled away with an overtime victory against the Maple Leafs. And I think that victory is like one of the most gutsiest performances I've ever seen. Yeah, we, we keep, uh, like on Twitter and on social media specifically, everyone's talking about how how embarrassing this is for the Leafs. And, you know, we can rank this up there with, you know, uh, losing to a Zamboni driver, oh, losing yeah. to Boston. But you, take nothing away from the Vancouver Canucks. They came into this game with a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, they they gave this everything. Mm-hmm. And you, you saw it in, you know, the, the short shifts that they had to take. They, they were not, you know, 
physically or mentally ready for this game, but they still gave it everything they had. And um, yeah, taking nothing away from the Vancouver Canucks, they deserve that win. And, you know, the Leafs just, you know, I think obviously the Leafs went into this thinking they were going to have an easy time, an easy game. Um, you know, listening to the commentators before the game, they're talking about, you know, if the Canucks can survive, you know, without getting scored on five or more times, then they'll be okay. Like, this will be a success for them. But, you know, no one expected uh, the Canucks to get a win out of this. So all credit to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, Braden Holpe really helped them out with that there. And, you know, the the Canucks don't have it easy moving forward here either. You know, they have a very exhausting schedule ahead. They have, I think it's something like 19 games in the next 30 days. Yeah. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. For them to play catch-up over the last two and a half, three weeks that they just missed, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a lot for this team, you know, and they're going to have to rely a lot on their taxi squad, a lot on their AHL players. The coaching staff's really going to have to do a good job here managing how, you know, these players go in and out of the lineup, really manage the, the time that they have on ice. But, you know, let, I, I hope that they end up doing well. This is a good story here, you know. Vancouver Canucks coming back from what they just went through. And, you know, hopefully they can finish the season strong. I still hate them, but, you know. Oh, I, yeah, I, don't I'm, get me wrong. I'm hoping that they, they finish strong here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, credit to them, but I still hate them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, in, in all leagues, specifically in uh, North America this year, in this, this time period, in these pandemic times that we're in, we're seeing how much it's about the business how much it's about the money like i i think it's a it's a common it's a well-known fact that the vancouver canucks are not going to make the playoffs um even before any of this happened they were not going to make the playoffs but they're still being forced to play um and i i just think that you know we, we yeah you talked about the the cram schedule that the canucks are going to have there's no pity to, towards the vancouver canucks from from management from you know the commissioner's office there's, there's no sort of pity. And I think, you know, we're seeing it with like Fred Van Vliet and the NBA talking about how this is the most unpure year of basketball he's ever seen. Yeah. It's not about the sport anymore. And I think that rings true here. The OHL actually canceled their season. They today. canceled their season. Yeah. And they, they basically said, you know, it's not worth the risk. Um, yeah. We're going to we're going to come back hopefully strong next year and, and do it right next year. But they've just shut down operations they're saying it's not worth the risk right now which i think is very it's commendable it's you know i i respect that and i do i think the nhl the nba is ever going to do that no absolutely not but um yeah no we're just seeing how much of how much it depends on the money is what these decisions are all right you want to move on to uh the super league Oh, do I want to move on to the Super League? What okay. is what is the Super League? What is the Super League? So the European Super League um, has been in talks for quite a long time, and it was always kind of like a pipe dream. Nobody ever really took it seriously. However, this past week, um, the 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 chairman, so called, of the this new proposed Super League has come out and said that these. 12 teams have agreed to do this. And those teams are AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Tottenham Hotspur. So these these 12 teams have basically come out and said that 
we're, we're, we're kind of tired of the UEFA Champions League. We're tired of the UEFA Europa League. We do, it doesn't make sense, their qualifying system. Whatever arguments they had, they're basically going to say, they've come out and said that we're going to create our own league that nobody else is invited to. And this has caused some backlash. This has caused a lot of, you know, from, from everyone around the world, from David Beckham to, to James Corden. I don't know if you saw the clip of James Corden last night on his show talking about how, how upset he is at this. And this is something you know, that, you know, you, you, you won't hear from, you know, a late night talk show host in, I mean, I know he's from England. Yeah, you but, won't see that emotion from a late night talk show, especially about sports. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But so the backlash comes from these, these teams caring, caring specifically about the money. And we just talked about how this year is only about money. So basically, they're creating a, a rich person's club. And they're taking these teams and they're bringing them to a club or to a league where they're going to make all this money and then they're going to come back to their own respective leagues and spend that money and continue to get richer. It's all about the rich getting richer. And it's not about skill anymore. It's about how much money a team has because Arsenal and Tottenham are not doing well in the Premier League this season Mm -hmm. and they haven't been doing well for a number of years now. But they have a lot of money. And so... You know, this this league is basically telling the rest of the world that no matter how, no matter where you start, no matter how good you make your team, like look at Leicester a few years ago. They came in and they won the league coming from, a, you know, Division One, Division Two and coming into the Premier League and winning the league. That was like the greatest story ever. And once the Super League comes into effect and it probably like it. As much as I hate the fact that, you know, it's being talked about right now, do I see it happening? Yes, I do. Because it's they've had this plan, they've they've devised this plan and it's they wouldn't have come out and said this is what we're going to do without, you know, having a definitive plan. And so do I think this is going to happen? Yes, unfortunately, I do. But um there's not as much regulation in in European football as there is in North American. Like, there's not really a cap, a salary cap over there. So these teams can, you know, make all this money in the Super League and then bring it back to their own respective domestic leagues and spend all that money on new players, on new facilities, whatever, so that the rich get richer and the the poorer teams stay where they are. And that's that's where the backlash is. And so all these all these people around the world are coming out and saying that this is this is disgracing the sport of football. This is going to ruin the sport because you know it's it's just turning into a rich boys club, which is everything that you know it's not supposed to be. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I mean, look at who is is founding this, right? Like it's 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 a president, Florentino Perez from Real Madrid, who is going to serve as, quote-unquote, the chairman of the Super League, right? And and then we have Juve's um, Andrea Agnelli, uh, who's basically going to help out with that in the systems that they have in place. I mean, like, these are all clubs that earn billions of dollars over the years, right? These are all money-making, uh, like, franchises, and basically, I'm very unsurprised. Like, it's very unsurprising to me that Europe's top clubs have wanted to make more money like this. You know, they 
are like just completely owning the market right now. I just hate to see what it's going to do to lower level teams in England or uh, in Spain or Italy or Germany. It's going to completely decimate them making money, right? Teams yeah. like Grenada in in Spain, teams like Leeds in England. You know, these are teams that are are relying solely on playing teams like Liverpool or Barcelona or Real Madrid or they're they're basically using these games as income you know like when they host these teams like those are the games that they're going to sell out those are the games that they're going to earn most on their tickets on their revenue they're the ones keeping the bills afloat right so that's just going to completely decimate if they if they form the super league it's just going to completely the competition is going to just go out the window they're not going to make that much money it's just going to completely like change the way soccer is 100% 100% and I think um, you know had this not been a pandemic I don't think this decision would have been made because these you know these billionaire owners are realizing how much money they're bleeding right now yeah. from not having fans in the stadiums you know from not playing as many games from not you know traveling as much Champion, Champions League is going to be done too like that's you can well, well, throw yeah. that out the window yeah um, and UEFA has come out and said that they're going to ban players that play in the Super League um, which is unfortunate you know, it's unfortunate on, on a number of different levels because the players aren't the ones making this decision. Players have actually come out and spoken out about this. Players that are on these teams that have said that, you know, this is this is what this is what we want. These players are coming out and saying that we we don't want this. This yeah. is this is ruining the sport. This is ruining everything I, I've loved about the sport. The amount of outrage that I've seen like from from this is ridiculous yeah i don't know if you saw the interview uh, after liverpool's game against leeds yesterday um that during glop Klopp, sorry had uh regarding the super league uh he's, what did he say he's very much against he has been publicly very much against this yeah. since you know they, this has been like talks uh over the last few years of the super league yeah yeah and Klopp has that's the thing. It's always been like a like a daydream. It's always like, yeah, whatever. This is never gonna happen. It'd be cool if it happened, but we never really thought about what we, what it would do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, sorry. Well, they interviewed on. Klopp and James Milner after the game yesterday, and both James Milner and Klopp were basically saying, "Hey, like, we're not in agreement with this. Yeah, this is above our heads." There's actually people outside of um, Anfield who were like protesting. Yeah, protesting the team. And like they were, they and Klopp was basically saying, he's like, "Hey, I understand, you know, like there's big outrage about this, but don't take it out on us. You know, this is above our heads. This is literally coming from an ownership level that's forming an alliance with other ownership levels from these top twelve teams that are coming together without like us being involved. You know, we don't have a say in this. We kind of go where the wind takes us." Yeah. You know, so like their hands are tied. Yeah, their hands are tied. It's not like they're the ones saying, "Hey, let's fucking form twelve teams." You know, and you know they don't really have that that distinction. They can't really make that choice. Yeah, and yeah, what I was saying is that UEFA's basically come out and said that they're going to ban some players, which would include, you know, the Champions League, which is currently underway, and Chelsea, who is still in the Champions League. um, Yeah, have basically said that we're going to ban you from the Champions League if you choose to go through the Super League. So, yeah, this, the Champions League is still underway. It's still going on right now. So, like, 
what what happens to that what happens going forward well i think if they continue with this they're gonna disqualify the teams like city juve yeah real madrid um like what do you what do you (laughs) what do you do in the champions league now like there's there's a lot of threats that are going both ways right now so it's going to be an interesting time period that we're we're, that we're about to step into here uh but yeah no there's a there's a war on football right now that's that's currently happening and in the midst of all this Jose Mourinho was fired, was sacked as the the manager of Tottenham, um, while Tottenham has said that they're going to be joining the Super League. So that's just that's the circle of information that's coming out of of European football right now. So we're going to keep close tabs on this. We might even throw up some polls on our Instagram page to see what you guys think. Yeah. Shall we move on? Let's talk the Raptors. Okay, so I would like to publicly apologize. <laughs> to our fan base and as well to you, Neil, because I love yes, public apologies. They're unfortunately, so Unfortunately, I have to apologize because the Raptors are officially in tank mode. Officially. I don't think there's any argument against that anymore, as much as I would love to try and find one. No, the Raptors are in tank mode. They are trying to, you know, get a higher draft pick. So, yeah, they're not trying to hide it. They're sitting out their star players. They're, they're coming up with injuries out of their ass. They're just... They're getting fined for they're sitting getting fined, their players, yeah. for resting their players. Yeah, and they're not the only team that's getting fined, but, like, yeah, I don't know. $25,000 fine is not going to do much. It's just going to make them, you know, change their tactics. And, you know, I, I don't know what happens in the, in the Raptors' head office and the Raptors' locker room. They could be, you know, this could be a, a form of a protest against what's happening in the league. Because we've seen what, you know, Van Vliet has come out and said that this is, you know, the most unpure year of basketball. And so we don't know if this is, you know, them just saying we're going to protest this year, get a high draft pick, and then come back stronger next year. We don't know. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Neil? I think in typical Raptors form here they're in rear form they have no idea how to fucking tank <laughs> they they they're obviously trying why, to tank why do you say that they have no idea though because they're winning games they've won three in a row well that just goes to show you how deep this team is if you're winning if you're trying to tank you're not meant to be winning games so you're sitting your stars and you're still winning games. I mean, they are. They have a deep teams. team, though. They have a deep team. We, we saw it in Paul Watson going off. Paul for 30 Watson. Points. Paul Watson's literally the love child of Pascal Siakam and Robert Covington. <laughs> you put those two two guys together, and you can get Paul fucking Watson. Put literally look wow. at a photo of Paul Watson. He looks exactly like you're the love not child wrong. Of those two. You're not wrong. Well, who the fuck is Paul Watson? G League superhero. You're getting Paul more hyped Watson. up right now than Aaron Baines' conversation. Oh, don't get me started with Aaron Baines. <laughs> That's the reason they're winning. It's because he's not playing. Because he's not playing, yeah. <laughs> they when want... was the last time we saw Aaron Baines on what the court? What did I say? The recipe for the Raptors winning is not playing Aaron Baines. And what happened? They're winning games because, because Aaron, Aaron Baines, Baines is getting is zero minutes. On the bench, yeah. <laughs> he's exactly where he needs to be. Just <laughs> holding up that bench. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, but the Raptors, you know, this we've seen this from the Raptors in the past when they tried tanking. When they a couple years ago, when they traded Rudy Gay away for guys like Norm Powell, Grievous Vasquez, you know, like guys like this, and it worked out for them. You know, they they traded for like Patrick Patterson and Pat Pat, Pat, you know, like he, you know, really 
tries to have this team tank by playing other players. But what is what it's doing is it's giving this team more chemistry with their bench players and their G League players, and it's working on the court. We've seen this from the Raptors yeah. before where they've tried to lose, and they couldn't lose. Do you think that's, in, in my opinion, this might be what keeps Masai around? Because he, he's trying to tank this team. You know, him and Bobby Webster have basically, you know, gone above Nick Nurse's head and said, look, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, you want to fuck this team up? You go out, you sign a guy like Boogie Cousins, you sign a guy like Isaiah Thomas, then you bring them in, and they completely destroy the team, and then they lose every game for the rest of the season. That's that's a DNA. That's how you lose. Or you play Aaron Baines. You know? Or that, you those play are your, Aaron Baines. Those are your two options. You should call up uh, Bobby and Masai and have this conversation with them. Zoom call. Zoom call. Uh, Google Hangout. Um, Paul but, Watson, though, is going to score 30 points one game and then zero the next game. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you see it in, you know, your fantasy leagues. You'll see, you know, everyone goes out and adds Paul Watson as soon as he has a game like that. For me, I kind of just sit back and wait for them to have a second game like that because yeah. it doesn't usually happen. Um, but I will make a bold statement on this show, on on this episode. Shoot your thought, Neil. Raptors are going to make the playoffs. They're oh, going to make the wow. playoffs. Have we switched positions on this? I, you I went want, from saying like, hey, that I, they're how, well. They're no longer playing Aaron Bain, so like here, here, <laughs> it all changes. It all changes. Um, all bets are off. There's there, there's numerous there. factors that go into this, Josh. There's numerous factors. The Washington Wizards are playing unbelievable basketball right now. Yeah, they've won like seven or eight games in a row. Westbrook's having a triple double every night. Bradley Beal's scoring out of his ass, like. They're, they're, they're probably going to play their way into the playoffs. Yeah. Chicago Bulls, they're playing really well as well. You know, big moves at the deadline. They have to play well. For what they did at the trade deadline to, to kind of they have to have give up their for future yeah. for Vucevic. Yeah. For Big Vooch, then, you know, they kind of have to. The Knicks are, gonna, are playing well. The Knicks are what? The Knicks are playing well. Like, Fifth seed right now? One team that is really affected, that's, I think, two games ahead of the Raptors right now is indiana and indiana just had a huge loss to their roster miles turner miles yeah. turner uh he had a big injury with his toe um he's got like something really bad going on with his toe. i don't exactly know what it is it's uh, it's a partial tear of the planter plate in his right foot They're ah going. yes the planter plate whatever the planter plate is. i hate when i stub my planter plate it's the worst feeling but anytime you see the word tear it's not good so yeah you know, having that happen to that team, he's a big part of that team. I think the Toronto Raptors could pass the Indiana Pacers here. And, you know, like, with that, I think you're going to start to see more minutes here for Fred and Pascal and yeah. Kyle Lowry. You're going to start to see them kind of be reacquainted back into the... Um, into the lineup here. Do you think they're just having a conversation like based on the day and like the Raptors, you know, head office? Like, okay, are we going to tank today or are we going to try and make the playoffs? Like, what's going on here, guys? I don't know. If they like, if we they go out be- and sign Ken Birch to, to, you know, have a chance of winning, and then we decide to sit Pascal Siakam, OG, Lowry, and Van Vliet in a single game. Like, come on, what are we doing here? What's going on? They're sitting, they're six and four in their last 10 games and they're. You know they're 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 ten games under five hundred, but there's still a, sh- a chance here. Again, like anything, 
nothing really matters until playoffs. Yeah. You could turn it on in the playoffs. This is still a good team, right? They still have playoff DNA in them. Even yeah. though they've lost so many key bodies to this lineup. The, the funniest game was Raptors versus OKC because those are two teams that, you know, at least that day were trying to tank. But here here's the, the trick here. I mean, here's a challenge. The Raptors' upcoming schedule isn't easy, right? They have one of the hardest remaining schedules left in the league, basically. Mm-hmm. They, in their next five games, they play Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, Cavs, which are probably going to win that game, Brooklyn Nets again, Nuggets, Jazz, Lakers, Clippers. Those are all really hard teams to play against. Now so, would be the time to tank. And get now away would with be the it. time to tank. But let's see if they you could play your entire roster and probably still tank this the schedule. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say just play Aaron Baines forty eight minutes a game. You know, and forty eight minutes. Yeah. Wow, the entire just go out there and start to finish. Yeah, wow. Um, actually, I was going to you know relate the Super League conversation to this because. You know, the Super League, the whole thing about the Super League, one of the reasons why people were, were getting so worked up about it is because there's no repercussions for doing poorly in the Super League. There's no, yeah, I mean, like, Perez came out and talked about how there might be a second division so that, you know, there'd be some relegation and some promotion. But basically, uh, for those of you who aren't super aware of, of European football, there's always the bottom three teams in every every Premier League, every, every Serie A, La Liga the top league in the in the country there's always the bottom three teams go down to the second division and the top three teams of the second division come up to the to the premier league to the to the first division um so you know what if we were to introduce that into north american sports because you know the whole idea of tanking the whole the whole challenge with that is that it ruins you know the final standings because we have these teams that are that are trying to make the playoffs, you know, like a Portland Trailblazers, like a, like a New York Knicks, like a, I don't know, Pacers. They're trying to make the playoffs, but, you know, they're going up against these teams that are, are also trying to make the playoffs and they're, you know, they're fighting for positions against, you know, teams that are trying to tank. You don't know going into a game if this team is trying to tank or if they're trying to win a game. So that's the thing. Like the whole tanking for a better draft position, it, it kind of, you know, ruins the sport, in my opinion. And so if you were to introduce relegation to, you know, a second division, like the bottom three teams in the NHL go down to the AHL every year, and the top three teams in the AHL come up to the NHL. That, you know, it makes the, the, the whole season from start to finish, you know, you have something to play for. And only, I get that this changes like the draft order, what have you, but the only challenge with that is the AHL is a minor league team. Yeah, and right? and like, so is when, the, the the championship. The championship and, is it? It's separate clubs, right? They're not yeah. actually uh, they're not actually in relation to any other team. Right? That's true. That's true. So maybe not the AHL specifically. So if you start but, like a Markham team or. Uh, you know, a, a minor league, like with with shitty players, like D League team, like have the D League not be associated with any other team. Yeah, you would you would have to take a team it would work. or take a league that it it's not a basically a farm league for yeah. for other teams in the actual league. 
but um, I, I think it's it's something that we should think about. I'm going to make a PowerPoint presentation after this and pitch it to everyone I know. But um, yeah, no, it it would it would stop the whole the whole idea of tanking. You don't have tanking in in European sports because it just it it ruins the sport and it makes it not fun to watch. I'm not going to watch a, a two teams that are trying to lose. Like yeah, what's, also, what's the fun in that? There's also I, I don't really know how the the players like how they how they sign like young players, but they don't do a draft in Europe. No, all, it's right? it's not a draft. It's um it's a lot of a farm system, so it's a lot of, you know, homegrown players and it's a lot of basically just buying players. You yeah. don't necessarily sign players. I mean, you do, but you bid on them. And so these it, it kind of it would change okay it would change a lot about you know north american sports so. that's why i would i would kind of argue against doing that format because you're ultimately going to have your powerhouses be your powerhouses because they'll continuously buy players and develop players what i like about the draft system is there's at least some form of parity in the league right you saw new orleans be so trash for so long after they lost chris paul that you know it took them to go out and have an actual franchise changing player like Zion Williamson to like turn that franchise around. Now they're on the cusp of making the playoffs again. So every, every so forth, every couple of years, the Cleveland um, Cavaliers were trash until they got LeBron again. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, any team's going to be trash until LeBron. I gets. mean, they're, they're basically running the ball through Zydruna Silgowskis for so many years. Say that 10 times fast. Big Z, you know, yeah. they, who knows Big Z anymore, right? Like they're they're losing games every. The Raptors were trash before Vince Carter, right? Like they didn't really go anywhere. And then VC put them on the map. Chris Bosh came, Demar Derozan. They it was like a transition, right? Like so. Yeah. This is all done through the draft and through high draft picks. It just continues to have the parity in the league, right? But you can make that same argument for for European football. Yeah. Um, it's not so much a draft as it is, you know, homegrown players. Like look mm-hmm. at Marcus Rashford in yeah. in at Manchester United. Like he completely he and you know even Jesse Lingard, they they both like signed contracts when they were like not even 10 years old. And you also look at a team like Southampton, who is f- like their system for for developing for for That's bringing where, yeah. players in developing players that's where luke shaw came from that's where yeah yeah but what's what's the kick against southampton they have no money to sign these players they can develop these players and then they kind of go, go off, off to the, to the big yeah. clubs that can actually pay them money and that's the problem with european soccer that's why the super league's so like detrimental to the rest of the league right the rest of the leagues is because teams like Southampton are just going to continue developing players to give to these powerhouse teams. Yeah. They're never going to see. Yeah, the, they're farming. Te- they're farming players for other teams. Exactly. Yeah. They're never going to see the success of these players. Like Everton, you know, like great at developing players, right? But are we ever going to see a return from that? Probably not. No. Right. That's the thing, and that's the the main argument against the Super League is that that's just going to continue this, you know, rich get richer mm-hmm. kind of narrative. So that's why people are against it. And that's why I'm against it specifically. Uh, should we move on, Neil? Let's go. Let's finish strong here. Let's uh, what the people are waiting to hear. What the people are waiting to hear are fantasy pickups of the week. Just assume that I just assume that everyone listening um, that waited to get to this segment is now in a playoff spot. 
in respectively in their hockey and basketball leagues. I mean, still continue to listen if you're not in a playoffs. If you're not, you know, whatever. You big loser. You big loser. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> so I originally had one NBA pickup of the week, um, and I've, I'm changing mine. So so I had one over this past weekend. So my original pickup was Lou Dort. Because he's a Canadian player. Not only because he's a Canadian player, but he's going off on OKC right now. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out, and Lou Dort is picking up the slack. He is going off. He's playing out of his mind right now. However, he is on a team that is trying to tank. So I actually picked him up uh, Monday morning. So yesterday morning. And he, like almost immediately, almost like clockwork after I picked him up, the the team announced that they were going to sit him because they were tanking. So... My new pickup of the week, I don't know if a lot of people have been paying attention, but LaMelo Ball now has a completely healed fractured wrist. I don't know how you heal from a fractured wrist as fast as that, but apparently you do. He is coming back in the next 7 to 10 days, and a lot of people dropped him because they thought he was out for the season. Which, you know, if you have a fractured wrist, you probably should be. I don't know if he's going to be playing at the same level he was playing before. But newsflash, breaking news, he is coming back in the next 7 to 10 days. So, if you you have a an IL slot that you are willing to, you know, use for the next 7 to 10 days and you're comfortable. And, you know, maybe you have a bye week this week. Maybe you know you're going to the final. LaMelo Ball is right there for you. Yeah, seven to ten, 10 days. You got to make sure that you make it to that. That's the part thing. Of the That's the thing. If first, you're comfortable, right? yes. You're I am not comfortable spot. in my basketball. If you're in a comfortable spot, I mean, I am not in a comfortable spot. Do not so. pick this guy up if you're in a playoff matchup right now and you need active players. You need yeah. games played. Remember that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, my pickup of the week with that in mind is, you know, someone from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, his a name youth is. movement. Isaiah Stewart, and this guy, congratulations if you have this guy on your roster because the youth movement is on in Detroit, and we know that guys like Jeremy Grant, like Mason Plumlee, uh, they're not going to get as many reps down the stretch here because yeah, that is a Detroit team trying to tank. is tanking. Yeah. They're, they're tanking, but on top of that, they're giving their young guys minutes to see what they have. Isaiah Stewart is taking the minutes that he has, and doing work with it. This guy is literally averaging 17.3 points a game, 16 boards, a steal, and two and a half blocks. He's averaging that in his last three games. Again, like, if you have this guy, I'm against him right now in in my playoff matchup and regretting not picking him up. So if he's somehow still available in your league, he's available in, it looks like, 46% of leagues in Yahoo League. So... If he's available, run, don't walk. Run, don't walk. Uh, Let's move on to NHL. My NHL pickup of the week. He had an amazing game the other night against the Leafs. And, you know, this this entire season, you know, he... There's been a a goalie issue in Vancouver. Like, who's going to be the starting goaltender? Um, His name is Braden Holtby. He's been fighting for his position this entire time. But specifically, I'm saying Braden Holtby because Thatcher Demko is still out. We don't know if he's going to be coming back uh, specifically yet. Um, We know he's not at 100%. 
So he's not going to get the kind of starting uh, roles that he was getting before. So I'm saying if Braden Holtby is still available and you are in need of a goaltender, uh, I know goaltenders have... It's been a weird year for goaltenders. Carter Hart is... I don't know what the heck is going on with Carter Hart, but he is not the same level he was before. So I'm saying Braden Holtby is, is available probably in your leagues. Go pick him up. My pickup of the week is another goaltender that goes by... First name, Freddy. Steady I Freddy. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I saw you pick him up in our league. I knew you were going to say something about that. I was waiting to talk to you about that. There's... I was actually the one that dropped him in our league um, because, I, you know, he's... With influence from me. <laughs> With, I mean, you know, yes, influence from you, but it was ultimately my decision to drop him, so that's, that's on me. But, yeah, go on with what you were saying again this kind of goes back to what josh was saying about Lamelo ball if you have an injured spot available and you can stash this man stash this man he will help you in your semifinals and finals matchups if you get there i just think it's a savvy move picking up freddie and and having him stashed because you know like i think the manipulation that teams are now doing with salary cap implications it's no it's no secret you know, and unfortunately, the Leafs had an injury where they had to place Zach Hyman on long-term injured reserve in terms of salary cap. That yeah, frees fuck up. Alex Edler, by the way. Alex, yeah, it was, it was a shitty, it was a knee shitty that he knee did. But knee contra- contact, yeah. He got some suspension games for that. But yeah, right, going so. back to Freddie, this actually surprisingly um, makes him eligible to return sooner. He does still have to spend a minimum of 24 days total on the injured list because he was placed on long-term IR. But, you know, reports came out yesterday that he was skating with the team. He was taking shots um, against him. Uh, It's too early to tell when he's going to be able to play again, but he is progressing and he is nearing a return. I would say likely early next week, if not the end of this week. So before before we end the podcast, this is just like this is Neil's strategy in fantasy. Every single like, if you're ever in a fantasy league with Neil, good lord, don't listen to anything he says. He he will when he's trying to get a player off you, he'll talk about you know how oh this you're gonna offer me this player like this is just I wouldn't even give up my worst player for this. And then when you talk about how you know Freddie Anderson, oh Freddie Anderson's not gonna play the rest of the year. You should just drop him. You should he's he's not coming back. I'm not going to I'm for sure not going to pick him up. You should just get rid of him. And then what does he do as soon as I drop him? Uh, he was he was on waivers for like at least Yeah, a week. yeah, yeah. Anyways. I saw the, you know the writing was on the wall when Zach Hyman got placed on long-term IR. That is true. That did change that did change things. You know, for and sure. and seeing the report that Freddie was practicing and and you know like he was traveling with the team. I, I mean Again, I'm all about the savvy moves. Yes. So, so, but yes, if you are in a comfortable position in your playoffs, I yes, I'm not against going on picking up Freddie Anderson, as much as it pains me to say. Steady Freddie Steady could Freddy. be back, and the Leafs need a little injection of um, of positivity now. Do, you know, they've yeah. they've lost a few games here. They're still waiting on guys to to come onto this team, right? Nick Foligno hasn't. Really he's great. almost done. Yeah, he's almost done his quarantine. He's almost done, so. right? So this is a team on the up here. Uh, Jack Campbell has been stumbling a little bit lately, you know, getting pulled. Which we knew and, was going to happen. The shoe was going to drop. He wasn't going to play at that level of eliteness 
the entire season. If he if he did, you know, fuck, great. But you know, we need Freddie back. He's the leader of this team. Um, the the players all got really excited and got a bolt of energy when he did come on the ice for practice yesterday. So let's see. Hopefully, they make a, a big push here at the end of the season. We'll see. Those are our fantasy pickups of the week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for continuing to support our little podcast here. Oh, thank you, Josh, for thanking everyone for listening. And we're going to have someone else here thank you again. Hey, thank you for thanking me for thanking people. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 